Trumos per Gimel Mishnah Dalid 3.4. The previous Mishnah had considered the question of partners who didn't explicitly authorize one to take Trumos for the jointly owned produce. And we had a machlokus there. What happens if one actually does take produce on behalf of the other without the authorization? Rabbi Kiva says it doesn't work, and the Chum says it does work. Rabbi Yossi supplemented the Chum and said, provided that the person took the tithes, took the trum, I should say, um, took the rabbinically prescribed amount of 150th. The mission here continues on by saying, when does that apply? So the that in the when does that apply, according to the Bartanura, is referring to Rabbi Akiva Shita. Rabbi Akiva held that one person cannot effectively take truma on behalf of the other person in the partnership's produce. And according and according to other readings, potentially, it would mean even um, Rabbi Yossi, who qualified saying it only works if the person took the Benoni, the average amount of, of 150th. That's Bishalo Diber. That assumes, or that's built on the assumption that one person never spoke to the other. I mean, there was no explicit authorization or refusal to authorize. Of a Hirsha es Ben Beso, O es Abdo, es Shifchaso, Lisrom. However, if a person did authorize a member of his household, like a child, whatever it is, who's above 13, or Avdo, his his male slave, as Shifchas, or his female slave, and all the more so, of course, his partner, Listrom, to take the truma, then truma so truma. Then that person's take of the truma is effective. Meaning once you do authorize someone, it certainly does work. That actually is not a chiddish, because we said already before from the first mission, the first parak, that you can authorize people to act on your behalf. Um, and so that's a restatement of that here. Um, some therefore see the Chiddush here is that um, it's Hirsha. Hirsha means not to authorize, but just to permit, meaning that it's not that you said, son, go do the truma taking for me, but rather, or partner for that matter, take the truma for me, but rather Hirsha means I allow you to, if you want to go right ahead. Meaning, and that's a sufficient authorization by saying, if you want to, I'm okay with it. Um, others focus on the fact that we said of the five categories of people who can't take truma, and even if they do take truma, it's not effective even after the fact. That was the first mission of the first parak. The fifth person on the list was a, a non-Jew, uh, based on the Pasuk, which specifies Yisrael, Jew, who is to give, who had to give truma in the, to board the Mishkan. So here we have an Eved Neshifcha, and here we're talking about um, an Evid Kanani and Shifcha Kananis, people who didn't start out being Jewish, um, and then they essentially became uh, Avadim and Shvachos, slaves of Jews, and part of that becoming uh, an Evid um, is to do a quasi-conversion, I'll call it. Um, that is, say, the man would get um, Brismila, and both male and female would go onto the mikvah, they'd accept upon themselves to keep the Torah, um, all the mitzvahs, like a Jewish woman does, meaning that they keep kosher and Shabbos, etc. Um, and they are kind of quasi-Jews. They're not full-blown Jews. So, for example, the Evid, I don't know, it doesn't count towards a minion. He's not, he's not, he's not a full, full-blown full Jew. Um, but all that stands between him or her and being a full-blown Jew is simply being mishtachver, um, being uh, freed. Uh, with, by being granting their free, granted their freedom, they automatically become Jewish. So they're almost Jewish. And the point of the Mishnah, the Chiddush here, therefore, is that a, a the Eved, or the Shifcha, is, I'll call it Jewish enough, for lack of a better term, um, that they're not excluded from the Pasuk, that they can't take Truma on behalf of their 
their uh, their master. Okay. The Mishnah continues on now with a new thought. The thought is about authorization per se. So when I if I if Reuven says to Shimon, Shimon, I'm authorizing you to my agent to take Truma from me. What happens if after Shimon leaves, Reuven changes his mind? So the Mishnah says, Betel, if Reuven changes his mind, and not just his mind, but he actually articulates, you know, that he's now reneging on the authorization to Shimon. So then, im tarum, if Shimon has not yet taken the truma, then betel, that reneging of authorization, even though Shimon is no longer in the room, Reuven's just all by himself saying, I changed my mind, I want Reuven no longer to be authorized, that would be sufficient um, to sort of disable or remove the authorization such that um, ain't truma, so trumo, if now Shimon goes and does take truma, it's totally ineffective. Um, if, on the other hand, the reneging, the cancellation of the authorization to Shimon, which is done, let's say, just verbally, according to Yochanan, we'll say like that, just verbally, um, even so, if the truma was taken already, it's too late. Then truma, so truma, what can be done? Since when Shimon took the truma, he was authorized to do so. There's no reneging now. It's too late. The truma's been taken effectively, and, and what's done is done. Um, so we're understanding here that simply a verbal um, authorization is sufficient, and a verbal um, recanting, you know, a cancellation of that authorization is also going to be effective. Fine. The third part of the mission is a new case here. We're talking about polem. Polem are workers. So we had said in the previous Mishnah how when it comes to partners, we said at least according to Chum, who the Lach is like, the partner is um, presumed to be authorized, at least after the fact for sure, um, to take on behalf of his fellow partner. What about workers? You hire a worker to do the threshing at your threshing floor, and if the worker says, you know what, I'll do him a favor, and I'll take the tithes from also to do him, you know, and save him the time and hassle. So the Mishnah says, well, that won't work. Hapolim ein lisrom. There's simply no authorization, de facto authorization, automatic authorization to a poel for a worker to take truma on behalf of the master. And therefore, if he does, it wouldn't work. Chutz, um, with one exception. Minha durachos. Durachos are the people who are hired to press grapes, um, to produce grape juice for wine. And the way the bartender understands it, we're talking about a case specifically where the owner of the vineyard is an Amaaretz, that is to say, he is not um, formally committed to keeping Tahor all the time, ritual purity, and that being the case, since he's not committed to being Tahor all the time, as a Chaver, someone who's, there's a process that has to be done, we actually discussed it um, already, to some degree already in Demai, uh, if he doesn't fulfill those conditions, so then there's a din that he is treated as being Tame, meaning it's not just a suffix, maybe he was Tame, we just automatically assume, with the halacha presumes him to be tummy and treats what he touches to be tummy. So therefore, this Amaretz is stuck. There's no way for him to take trumas because anything he touches with respect to the one will come tummy. Um, there's no convenient way anyways for him to come become take trumas. And therefore, he's just inevitably going to taste the wine sooner or later and ruin everything and make it all tummy. So if he hires chaverim, if the, the durachos, the people who he hires to do the pressing of the grapes with their feet, are specifically hired as chaverim, people who are strict about keeping tahor. So then it's implicit, it's understood, that they certainly um, were chosen in all, because 
they can take truma effectively, and therefore that's considered to be implicit authorization for those derachos in the event that they're chaverim and they were hired by Namaaretz. They and they alone are authorized um, without any explicit mandate to take trumos on behalf of their their owner. Uh, this is excuse me, their, their their employer. Shehen mita, because why? Shehen because they. You know this is very confusing. According to the Bartanura, the they in this shehen is referring not to the derachos, not to the people pressing the grapes to their feet. Rather, it's they, the employers. The Amha'aretz who hires the Durachos, they are metamin esagas migad. They will make the entire um, vat cistern where this where the juice is collecting. Um, they'll make it all tame immediately because they're permanently tame as Amha'aretz. And as soon as they start tasting the wine, whatever the story is, the juice, um, they'll make everything tame because they're considered to be tame. So that being the case, we are authorizing the rabbis are authorizing the and assuming that the Durachos are indeed authorized automatically in the event, again, where they are chaverim, according to Bar and the employer who hired them to do the pressing is an Amaretz.